0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another great episode of Fraternity. I'm your host, Danny, and I'm here with my big brother, Sean. How's everybody doing tonight? And we're back to talk about another horror movie tonight. And wow, quite a lot has happened since our last episode. First of all, we want to thank everyone for listening and interacting with us on the Twitter. It's been awesome. We've been seeing a lot of growth in this month of October, and it's really great to see So thank you to everyone that's listening, commenting, anything. We really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, we're still a very new podcast, and we've been performing a lot of outreach. And yeah, we had a great October. We celebrated many a great horror film, and it all culminated in our first Halloween special.
0: And we really just can't thank everyone enough for tuning in and checking us out. So Halloween has came and went. But that doesn't mean the scares are still not going on here at Fraternity. Our goal is to keep it scary and horror all year round. So we're just getting started, personally. That's how I feel. We had a great Halloween. It was awesome, but we're going to keep doing what we're doing. Ain't that right, Sean? That's right, man. So, Danny, last week we tackled
1: the original Halloween for our Halloween special. And in my story, I mentioned how it was the horror film. That started me on my journey of lifelong horror fandom. I also mentioned that Halloween was one of two films that our father rented for me on that night. So seeing as we are coming down off of that spooktacular high, I feel like it's the perfect opportunity to recreate that double feature I experienced 30 years ago. So would you like to tell
0: our viewers what movie we'll be doing today? We're talking about Cujo. The Stephen Kling, oh God, (laughs) the Stephen King adapted film. Our father really likes this movie, doesn't he? Yeah, he's a big dog lover, as am
1: I, and yeah, he really thinks Cujo is cool, which I wanted to ask is, had you even heard of Cujo?
0: Yeah, I heard of Cujo probably when I was really young because I think dad was always trying to get me to watch it, and I just had this like image of Cujo in my brain it was like I don't know I I didn't even know what kind of dog Cujo was but in my head I thought Cujo is this like pit bull running around like a metropolitan city murdering people that was my thought of Cujo that's what I thought it was and I was just like no I'm not watching that for some reason I was just like afraid of big dogs like that so I was like "Uh uh-uh not touching it And I'm going to take a wild guess that you've never seen Cujo. Yeah, I really didn't know anything about it. Uh, I definitely forget this movie even exists sometimes until someone brings it up. I'm like, oh yeah, Cujo. Like, I heard about that movie a lot as a kid, but I've never seen it till now, obviously.
1: Yeah, I was really curious as to if you had even heard of this. I mean, I should have figured since our dad seems to tout it, but I don't think I would say that Cujo is a forgotten film. I know it has a cult following, but it does seem to be a little overlooked. Like, it isn't brought up that much, I think.
0: Yeah, definitely. I don't really see it uh, within the horror subgenre clicks and stuff like that. Like, I definitely don't see a lot of people posting about this movie or proclaiming their love for it. But I was excited to talk about this movie and watch it because, yeah, it is a little bit under the radar. And... It definitely treads that line of like, is this horror? Is this not horror? Yeah, definitely.
1: It is a slow burn. But once it gets going, I think it gets going. So last week during our Halloween special, I mentioned how I spent that first night 30 years ago watching John Carpenter's Halloween and falling in love with it. And the next day I watched Cujo. And I'm going to be honest, Halloween set the bar pretty high. But I remember enjoying Cujo back then. It didn't stick with me the way Halloween did. And again, I don't think that's because there's anything inherently wrong with Cujo. I just think Halloween is a hard act to follow. But for some reason, I never owned Cujo. And I I really don't think I saw it again either in the past 30 years. I really can't remember watching this movie again. Maybe I did and I wasn't paying that much attention or something. But I really think this is a first time viewing in a really long time for me. But it was a pleasure revisiting this film, and I really can't wait to bite into it with you. But before we get into it, I wanted to ask, have you ever
0: experienced a dog attack? Uh, no, I have not. The worst is like one of those little nippy dogs that like bite at your ankles, but nothing like serious, you know, which I'm lucky for that. I'm grateful. (laughs) I'm not sure
1: if I ever told you about this, but I was attacked by a big dog one time. Yeah, I don't I don't recall this at all. So when we lived in Houston, I would go spend the night at a friend's house. His name was Johnny. And I love dogs. I've had dogs all my life. And I'm very good with dogs. But I remember walking home the next day. And I was walking down the sidewalk. And there was this big dog just standing there. And he wasn't doing anything. He was just standing there looking at me. And I approached him because I thought nothing of it and as I got closer he just went from zero to 100 in aggressiveness at the flip of a coin and he started barking at me and coming at me and there was nothing I could do but run over to a truck parked in someone's driveway and I jumped into the truck bed and this dog was like circling the truck like Cujo And just would not relent. And I'm like yelling out like, hey, can anyone hear me? (laughs) You know, I need help. And I'm thinking this dog at any time could just jump into the truck bed with me and I'd be screwed. But eventually a neighbor did come running down the street with like a bat or a broom or something and chase this dog off. So I just wanted to share that story because it helps me relate. To some of the terror that we're about to
0: see in this movie, that's crazy. I've I've never heard you tell that story, but I can imagine it was pretty uh, nerve wracking, especially when you you're kind of helpless in that situation. The worst thing that's happened to me is like I'm walking home and like a big dog will scare me like at a gate, and I can't like I don't notice him, and then he just comes up and starts barking and like gets on the gate. I'm like, oh shit! (laughs) (laughs) That's funny.
1: Yeah, I just thought I'd share that because. It's a I don't have much of a story time for this one, like I said, I saw it that one time as a kid, but there's my story time. me getting trapped in a vehicle by a dog, much like the plot
0: of Cujo. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, it's not awesome, but it's a it's a good story. <laughs> All right, man. you ready to get right into it? Yeah, I'm ready, but before we start, I just wanted to say you can tweet us. Our Twitter is at Fraternity. That's at Fraternity. And you can email us. Our email is fraternity at gmail.com. And hey, I'm happy to announce we are officially on YouTube. We're going to start uploading all our episodes on YouTube, and they're going to be a bit of a visual experience. It's not just going to be the raw audio uploaded there. Uh, I've been doing a little bit of editing with these uploads, and I really wanted to make them kind of Visually appealing. So, check us out on YouTube. Leave us a comment. You can subscribe to us. We'd really appreciate it. And if you like the podcast, be sure to review us and rate us. We'd really love that. Definitely. Danny's been putting in a
1: lot of work on the YouTube front. And I know I've shared some of the thumbnails on Twitter. The thumbnails are amazing. I don't want to give away anything, but the visual experience is amazing. So go over to YouTube, type in Fraternity, give us a subscribe and give Danny a thumbs up on the awesome work he's doing over
0: there. Thank you. Thank you for the kind words.
1: All right, man. So when the movie starts, we get this really cool red swirling cloud that forms the title Cujo while some menacing music plays. Very cool opening
0: credit. Yeah, I like I like this opening a lot. Short and sweet. It's got a cool visual to it with the red clouds. I thought it was like water going down the drain or something, but it, <laughs> it, either way, it's cool.
1: Yeah, we then open up with a rabbit emerging from a hole. And I love this scene because the music and the scene just become very disarming until we see that rabbit stroll into the path of this giant St. Bernard.
0: Yeah, it's very uh, jovial at the beginning. Up until uh, the dog comes out of nowhere and starts chasing the rabbit.
1: Yeah, the dog, who will we learn is Cujo, ends up chasing the rabbit back into its hole. And he pokes his head in there, and he's barking ferociously. And he ends up stirring up some bats. And one of these bats flies at Cujo and lands on his snout and just takes a chunk out of him. And we hear Cujo whimpering in pain and retreating. But then we're going to cut to a house, and we're going to meet a young boy named Tad. Now you would think that he's a big boy, considering that he goes pee pee standing up. But on his way back to bed we see that he has some deep rooted childhood fears.
0: Tad's checking his closet for monsters and he's turning out his lights, but he's ready to make a dash for his bed as soon as those lights go out. Like we we even get a little false start when he starts to run but forgets to turn his lights off. I thought I think this is really great, just showing the the fears of tad here with his um his nightly rituals
1: i think everyone can relate of that fear of the monster under the bed or in the closet and wanting to get under your sheets as soon as you turn that light switch and we see him sprint for the bed and dive in and unfortunately tad has this closet door that just doesn't really stay closed very well and that can add to his fears and eventually he does scream out in terror as it slides open his mother donna who's played by the genre stalwart d wallace and his father vic they rush in to console him and they're explaining to tad that monsters don't exist but in the morning we see that tad didn't really believe them because he's barricaded his closet
0: yeah how they didn't wake up when Tad was moving every piece of furniture in his room to cover this closet door. It's pretty crazy, But and Tad's got to be pretty dang strong, too.
1: Tad's parents did their best to convince Tad that monsters don't exist, but as we're going to see in the first half of this movie, there are plenty of monsters lurking all around, but they're not childhood, fabled monsters. They're monsters that exist in the adult realm. And the first monster that we're going to see is infidelity, because little Tad even makes this quip during breakfast when the parents are still confronting him about his monster fears. He says, they don't exist, not in the daytime anyway. And that's exactly where most of the monsters we're going to see do exist, is in the daytime. So we meet a man named Steve during breakfast, and he's doing some woodwork for the family. And Steve and Vic, we get a scene of them playing tennis, and then we immediately cut to a scene that finds Steve and Donna in bed. And we see Donna get out of bed, and we see her go to another room and slip her panties back on, and she's looking at herself in the mirror quite lovely. And so that's the first setup. That's the first monster we see in this movie.
0: Yeah, I like this scene where uh, I think it's the scene after this when they're having dinner and no one's really talking at dinner. You know, it's one of those very quiet family dinners and Tad gets up to turn the TV on and Donna says no. And, you know, it's just a perfect portrait of this marriage that's kind of falling apart. And the only thing really keeping them together is Tad. Right. Vic
1: mentions that this marriage is running out of things to talk about and i think that scene reveals another monster which is complacency
0: yeah definitely and it's got to be a lot of pressure on tad which i think we're going to see a little bit of hints to later on for sure
1: so the next day we see vic take his car to a mechanic and he wants a quick job he's he feels something wrong in the right front or something and the mechanic is not going to get to his vehicle anytime soon and there's a mailman there who sort of on the slick tells Vic about a guy named Joe Camber he says there's this guy named Joe Camber he can look at your vehicle he can fix it and get it done for cheap and way quicker than this guy so Vic does take his vehicle to Joe Camber who lives sort of off the beaten path at his, at this farmstead and he takes Donna and Tad along with him This is where we're going to get their first
0: encounter with Cujo. Yeah, we see here that the dog from the opening is living here on Joe Camber's property. And this is Cujo. And Cujo comes up to Donna and Tad. And initially they're very scared because he is this pretty big St. Bernard. But uh, Joe Camber reassures them that Cujo's harmless, won't hurt anybody. And sure enough, we do see that Cujo is quite the sweet and loving dog. Uh, Tad gets some pets on Cujo and... Kuja starts to lick back and all seems good, but we do notice that bat bite right on his nose and we know something is up. Later that night, we see Vic warding off monsters
1: in Tad's room before putting him to bed. And then Vic goes and he lays down next to Donna and we can see Donna loves her husband and she's happy with how good he is with Tad. And he kind of asks like, how am I with you? And she says, you're great. But we can see there's some tension and something unspoken
0: there, you know? Right, yeah. Vic is obviously not satisfied with the answer he gets from Donna. You know, her answer was kind of just like brushing the question off. And Vic is definitely having some battles internally with where he's at with his marriage.
1: Right. So the next morning, we're going to see some more adult monsters rear their ugly head. One is Vic works in a marketing firm, and he's made this cereal that
0: I wouldn't eat, and no one should eat, apparently. (laughs) Yeah, apparently the the dye that they use is making kids piss red and vomit. Yeah, the cereal's been
1: hospitalizing children, and the ad campaign was created by Vic and his partner, so there's some drama there, and then we get this brief scene of Cujo, and he's just laying down in dirt while joe camber is working on something and we can see he's starting to get bothered by the loud noises coming out of the barn and it's just the first sign of a mood shift
0: right yeah we get a lot of scenes where something is slowly going wrong with kujo like yeah he's becoming sensitive to these loud noises
1: soon after that though we're back to more adult monsters we get some jealousy resentment guilt and rage here because donna goes to end her affair with Steve and Steve ends up confronting Donna at her car and Vic just so happens to be driving by and he catches a glimpse of them and he turns around to go see what's going on but by the time he gets over there they're gone but this gives birth to another monster which is now Vic is suspicious. I like here too we get this brief scene of Donna picking Tad up from school And he's got this forehead injury from getting hit in the head by a swing. And one of her phrases to Tad is overdone with gone. And that's sort of their mantra to just move beyond things like that. But as we're going to see, overdone with gone just isn't going to work in the scenarios that Donna's going to find herself in.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I like too, uh, Donna brings home Tad from school and yeah, he said he got hit hit in the head by a swing, but then when Vic asks Tad what happened, Tad responds that he fell off the swing, and I took that as like, he's lying, I think he's getting bullied at school, and he can't keep his lies straight, and I think that just, I think that's trying to show like, kids are really smart, but they don't show it, and I think Tad understands what's going on with this marriage and his parents, and it's probably taking a toll on him at school. So I just think the little subtle things with Tad here are really great and really shows the effects that, you know, the stuff that your parents are dealing with can affect you as a kid and can, you know, it all trickles down.
1: Very cool. Yeah, I didn't even really think about that. But yeah, excellent point. We also see that Donna's car starts to act up here and then we get another brief shot of Cujo and his condition is just continuing to worsen. And we then cut to Joe Camber coming home and he finds this brand new engine horse in his barn and he goes inside and confronts his wife over the cost at dinner and he's gonna learn here that she won the lottery and she's bought him this gift sort of to bribe him to allow her
0: to take their son and go visit her sister for a week yeah i like uh you think it's something nice at first that she got him this gift but we we soon see that joe and his wife clearly have a marriage on the rocks as well just as Vic and Donna do, and yeah, she's using the gift as a bargaining tool, so she can so she can take their son up to Connecticut and visit her sister. She just wants to get away from Joe, if only for a week.
1: What we really see here is that Joe is a piece of shit. (laughs) Yeah, and we're gonna learn more about what what kind of a douchebag he is here because he goes to his friend and neighbor's house. I think this guy's name is Gary, and since he's gonna. Be alone. He wants to go out for some broads, booze, and baseball, as he puts it, and he wants to take Gary with him. And we see that Cujo's there, but he's just kind of sick and sitting there. But all this is really doing is just setting up this scenario that's going to put Donna and Tad alone and in peril with Cujo. So back at the house, Steve arrives unannounced, and he's not taking very kindly to the end of the affair. And he gets a little touchy-feely with Donna and basically is sexually assaulting her in the kitchen until she fights him off. And they end up knocking over a plate or a glass of milk or something like that. And Tad and Vic arrive. And I know this movie is about dogs, but it's here that the cat is let out of the bag. And I like how Vic simply asks Donna, yes or no? And she is so ashamed, but just replies, yes.
0: Yeah, I really love that Vic just, just says yes or no. And she doesn't even look at him. He, she just says, yeah. You just feel bad for Vic. I got to say, I really like Vic's character here. Like, he really is a good father. And I just feel bad for him going through all this stuff. Like, he lost a sharp account, and now his wife is having an affair. His marriage is failing. And, you know, all he kind of has right now is. Uh, is Tad to give him a little bit of hope, but soon we're going to see that they're going to be torn apart.
1: Yeah, due to the serial fiasco, Vic is going to have to go away on business for 10 days, and he's trying to fix the Pinto, but he can't do it. He tells Donna that she'll probably just have to take it over to Joe Cambers. So the next morning, we see Joe's son, Brett, and he can hear whimpering and growling off in the morning fog, and he goes to investigate. And inside the fog, he gets approached by a now rabid and aggressive Cujo, who's snarling and growling at Brett. But he recognizes Brett enough, and I guess he's still got enough wit not to maul Brett,
0: but he's getting there, right? Yeah, I like Brett is like, Cujo, Cujo, it's me. And then, yeah, we do see Cujo calm down and wander off almost as if he knew if he had stayed, he was going to hurt Brett. So he had to take himself out of that situation. It gives some empathy for Cujo here for sure.
1: Yeah, it's very sad because, you know, Vic is the one dealing with monsters and Donna and Tad are going to be dealing with a beast, but a beast that turned rabid by no real fault of his own, just an unfortunate circumstance. So that same morning, Vic, is leaving for the business trip and he says goodbye to Tad and then he just starts to drive off but Donna calls after him and runs to the car and she's apologizing and trying to explain herself and she says she can't act like it never happened and Vic sort of says the same thing like he can't act like it didn't happen either and he just doesn't know what he's gonna do.
0: Yeah he he really doesn't know how to approach this bombshell that just went off In his life, and yeah, he's kind of focused on work right now. And I mean, what a big decision because he's got to love Tad, but he's also got to be pretty pissed off at Donna here. Which can I just say? I feel like so, like in the movie, I feel like I don't get enough of Donna's side of how she feels about the marriage. I feel like we're never given like explicitly a reason why Donna is unhappy because, like I said, I think Vic is a pretty great guy all around, and. I think that's what's that's something that's lacking for me to be totally invested in Donna and the second half of the movie, because the movie pretty quickly turns into Donna's film. So and maybe that's the point is that there is no reason sometimes for these affairs to happen. And I guess that's fine. But I don't know, something was just uh, not connecting with me here.
1: Yeah, you make a valid point. And it's almost like maybe something got left on the cutting room floor. Like, who exactly was Steve to her? Maybe an ex boyfriend or something.
0: You know, like yeah, she says she says Steve is the town stud. Whatever that means. Like, who <laughs> knows how how they met? And let's just say this guy's not a stud. He's looking about ten years older than Vic here, and Vic is slim and he's very uh got a built bod. <laughs> he keeps a trombone by his bed.
1: That's not that's
0: not studly behavior. Steve lives in a shithole apartment on the corner of a street. <laughs> yeah, but like you said, sometimes
1: it, there is no rhyme or reason to an affair, right? So,
0: Yeah, totally. And I just feel like I don't get enough of Donna's character. Like, it's not that she cheated that I don't like her. It's that I feel like I just don't get much out of her when compared to Vic.
1: Yeah, I can definitely see your point. Like, she's kind of a blank slate, despite all that's happening yeah so Vic leaves and this is around the same time that Brett leaves with his mom and Brett even expresses his concern about Cujo but his mom tells him not to worry about it so we're gonna come up to our first kill here and we see Joe's friend Gary
0: disposing some trash in his yard because his yard is trash he's just dumping these empty beer cans and bottles into his yard and just a mountain of trash.
1: <laughs> right. So Cujo approaches and he knows Cujo, but he doesn't know Cujo is rabid. And he sort of questions why Cujo's growling at him. And Cujo just pounces on him and starts attacking him. And he get, he's able to throw Cujo off of him. And I like here he's like on his hands and knees and he's yelling. Well Gary's catchphrase is I don't give a shit. He's like, I don't give
0: a shit. I don't give a shit! I don't give a shit! Yeah, I love that part when he's just screaming back at Cujo. <laughs> like Cujo could even understand. <laughs> Clearly,
1: Gary does give a shit, though, because this is one big fucking dog we're talking about here.
0: Yeah, Gary's shitting his pants pretty bad, and he runs into his house and locks the door. But I don't know what locking the door really does when you have a screen door ready to be penetrated at any moment. And sure enough, Cujo comes out of nowhere and comes through the screen door. And Gary's trying to get a gun loaded, but he's out of time, and Cujo pounces him,
1: yeah, I love when gujo I, I <laughs> Gujo. <laughs> I love how when Cujo stands on his hind legs, he's as tall as Gary, <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, he's this big ass dog. Cujo manages to drag Gary down and he gets a grip of his neck, and that's just a death sentence, and we see Gary twitching about. And then Cujo just puts the kibosh on old Gary. He's Cujo's wagging his tail at the end of this kill, I noticed. he was He was satisfied with his kill. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed that too. That was funny. So right after that, Joe arrives to pick up Gary. And he walks up to the front door and he sees it's been torn down. And he enters the house and he's looking for Gary. And then he does find Gary's dead body. And we get a good shot of the aftermath here, probably the goriest scene in the movie.
0: Yeah, we get a split second shot here of Gary's corpse, which is all bloody and probably eaten. (laughs) I
1: like here when the realization sets in for Joe that he doesn't know who or what killed Gary, so it's time to panic. And he runs into this room to use the phone, and I would think you would call 911, but he's looking up a number for some reason.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know who he was gonna call. Joe seems like the guy who probably has a buddy who has some guns on him or something. (laughs) Yeah,
1: but before he can call anybody, he's confronted by a blood-splattered and rabid Cujo, and Joe quickly recognizes the fact that Cujo's rabid.
0: Yeah, Joe's doing everything he can to get Cujo off of him, and he's holding up a chair in front of Cujo to kind of create distance, but it, it just doesn't work. And we see, again, Cujo lunging at his owner, and Joe is no more. Can we just talk about uh, the makeup on Cujo for a little bit? Yeah, sure. Because I think it looks great. I mean, he just looks gross and disgusting. As And as the film goes on, we're going to see him just get dirtier and bloodier and nastier. And I'm sure the dog was treated, or all the dogs. I think there's multiple dogs that were used for Cujo. Yeah, and I'm sure they were treated right. But they do a really good job of making them just look gross and disgusting and mangy, like foaming at the mouth and like unknown goop like leaking from their eyes and yeah. <laughs> mouth. Cujo
1: has the biggest eye booger you've ever seen in your life.
0: <laughs> yeah, I just think I just think it's
1: great. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. Not only is it great, but he goes through transformations, like you said. Like, especially after we've already seen him as this nice dog. And then even when he's first rabid, we're seeing the bit of foam and the eye boogies. And yeah, the more it goes on, the more filthy he gets, the
0: more his coat gets stained red. He looks like he took a bath in mud by the end of it. Like, his... Fur is just so matted and gross.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's great. It's really great. And right after we see Joe Camber... Well, we don't really see Joe Camber bite the bullet, but we're left to assume that he's done for. We see Donna and Tad approaching. So now we're really going to get into the heart of this movie. We've had 45 minutes of setup, but now the movie's really going to start here.
0: Yeah, for... The majority of the rest of the movie is going to take place here on Joe Camber's property with, Don- with Donna and Tad in this car.
1: Yeah, they arrive at the farm, and Donna's looking around, and Tad's seatbelt is stuck. He can't get unbuckled, and so Donna is trying to help unbuckle Tad, and out of nowhere, Cujo leaps up onto the car and he's attempting to get his head into the side passenger window because it's rolled halfway down. And Tad is just flipping his shit, and Don is trying to roll this window up, and this dog is just going nuts on him. We got Tad screaming in terror, and then once they do manage to roll the window up, Kujo leaps up on the hood of the car, and he's literally trying to claw through the windshield.
0: Yeah, he's trying every which way on this car to get into it. Like, he tries both doors, both windows, and then he just eventually gets on top of the car, just pawing nonstop at the windshield. Like, you really do feel the terror here with with Tad's screams. Like, I just want to talk about Tad's actor for a bit, because I think he's awesome, like- He's probably one of the best child actor performances I've seen in a movie. I think he's like really believable. And I think with child actors, you can kind of sometimes tell that they're child actors. You know, you can tell they've trained. But Tad, like he comes off like just so natural and it really feels like a kid. Like this is how a kid would be reacting if this was really happening. Like he's like basically babbling about Kujo being a monster and he's so scared and he's crying and it's just it just feels really realistic. And you really feel the terror in Dono's face and words trying to calm Tad down and really try to assess the situation.
1: Yeah, the actor for Tad really sells the scene because you're right. His screams and his cries are just so believable. I even, the thought crossed my mind, like, I don't know what his filmography is, but I could see this being a career ender for going through that hell as a child.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it, like, on some level it felt real to him, and that's probably why it feels like it's so realistic when you're watching it. I'm sure it was uh, a bit traumatizing. Yeah, and I wanted to
1: say, too, that it would suck. To be in this scenario, one way or the other, but to have a young kid with you too, is just so much worse.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah, I agree wholeheartedly, and you know, I don't know if I really find Cujo as a character or the movie itself scary or frightening. But I think the real fear of the movie comes from the situation that Donna is in trying to take care of Tad. It's stranded in this car for days not knowing what to do and not able to do anything. Because if you try to do anything this rabid dog could come up and kill you. And I think that's the real horror of the movie.
1: Yeah. But let's give Cujo credit where it is due. Godzilla may be king of the monsters. But Cujo has to be king of the
0: killer dogs. I mean, I can't think of any other killer dogs.
1: There's a few out there. I'm sure we'll cover them. <laughs> I just I just wanted to say, too, that I know I shared the story of being trapped in the bed of a truck by a dog, but I remember having this shitty car that would overheat and break down. And again, we live in southern Louisiana, and when you're stuck in a car with that won't turn on and it's sweltering like I wanted to die I felt like I was dying and I'm not in
0: this scenario though you know yeah this has just got to be 10 times worse than than that yeah I mean I've had times when my car air conditioner doesn't work and that's horrible so yeah I can only imagine what it was like for Donna and Tad here and especially it being days and you're just sitting. You're at the apex of the afternoon with the sun beating on you in this car and you can't even let your windows down because there's a killer dog waiting right outside.
1: Yeah, he literally just sits and watches the car. And we do get a moment here where Donna manages to start the car and she starts to drive off. And I like she says, fuck you, dog. And I kind of wish she would have said, fuck you, Cujo, because shouldn't she know that's Cujo?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, I didn't think about that. She should know that that is Cujo. I think it's funnier, the, the fuck you dog line, though. It comes back to bite her in the ass because the because the car pretty quickly uh, shuts off again.
1: Yep, they remain trapped. And Donna explains here to Tad that Cujo can't get them as long as they remain inside the car. But like we've been saying, the situation is only going to deteriorate and get more desperate They're in a sweltering car, and they have no food or water. I think they have a little bit of coffee, and that's only going to last so long. Meanwhile, Vic is enjoying a lobster dinner. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like he attempts to call home, and no one answers, and you can see he's stressed. And, you know, you said... You really liked Vic and you liked his acting and I like when the lobster platter is brought to them and he gives his business partner that little smile that you give when you know you and your boy are about to get down on some grub.
0: Yeah I really love that little that little smirk.
1: <laughs> That's great. Even with all the heavy shit on his mind that smirk I just love it because everyone knows that smirk. <laughs> yeah
0: it's a uh... That subtle smile, but everyone can relate for sure.
1: Yeah, at the same time as this, Donna's helping Tad to pee out the car, and the caster's phone starts ringing here, and we see that noise sends Cujo into a rage, and he's attempting to smash his way into the house. Yeah, I don't know what he's going to do when he gets this phone. Is he going (laughs) to (laughs) answer? Yep, so that's day one of the terror And I like here, Donna wakes up the next day and is immediately confronted by the sight of Cujo just staring at her. (laughs) That dog was looking into her soul, Danny. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we also get a bit here where we see that we might get a mailman savior, but he gets stopped. And this other mailman reminds him that the cambers have put a hold on their mail. So no rescue is going to be coming. We see Donna. She spots a baseball bat in the dirt, and Tad implores her to try to start the car again, but now the battery is just so dead
0: it's not even turning. Yeah, Tad is like, why don't you just try it? You know, he keeps wanting Donna to try to turn the car on, and she can't even get it to turn on anymore, and she's like, see, I told you, we're stuck here.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the camera's phone starts to ring again, and this time, Cujo's rage gets directed at the car. And the scene is almost like something out of Jaws, but on land where Cujo is just ramming his head into the side of the car.
0: Pretty brutal. It, it looks really, really great when he's just slamming his head into the side of this car. He's smashing this
1: car so bad that the inside handle falls off. And he runs over to the other side and Don is trying to console Tad and keep him quiet. And he jumps up and his paws shatter but don't break the window. And then he literally
0: bites off the outer handle of the passenger door. <laughs> yeah, Cujo's just going nuts in this scene, just going crazy. Then after that, he gets on top of the car and is pawing at the windshield again. And Tad is going crazy and freaking the hell out. I mean, but who can blame him? I mean, Cujo's looking nasty at this point. And Cujo even, like, is so crazy he falls off the car a little bit. Like, he slips off. <laughs> yeah, that was some great dog acting there. Yeah, hats off to the doggy that did that.
1: So later that day, Donna finally decides to attempt a run at the phone, I'm guessing. And she doesn't know that Cujo is literally like sitting under the car. And she pauses and hesitates for a moment because she that thought does cross her mind and she goes to check. But by then, Cujo has already snuck up behind her. And this is where Donna just gets viciously mauled Cujo attacks her against the hood of the car and she's trying to fight him off. And I think she actually
0: need him in his doggy nuts here. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I mean, she's doing every- I think she's punching him and then she takes that uh, that canister with the coffee in it from earlier and s- smacks it against Cujo.
1: <laughs> but yeah, that's when they get back in the car and she does. She gets back in the car, but isn't able to shut the door. And man, this is some close up mauling and tad is right in the back seat just screaming again having to watch all this and yeah she's it's
0: it's almost too close i feel like sometimes i can't even tell what's going on in this scene and a lot of the times Cujo attacks like i feel like the camera is like literally on the action and i'm just like i think i know what's going on but it's also i guess it's probably hard to get a convincing doggy attack so they had to do that
1: Well, I'm pretty sure, too, they used uh, a costume, someone in costume for some of these shots. (laughs) Yeah, I heard that there was uh, some puppeteering going on. Yeah, so Donna, she's been mauled, but she's alive and she gets the door shut and
0: she's got a really bad bite on her leg and she's all scratched up. I like uh, Tad instinctually slapping her leg that just got mauled and she's (laughs) like,
1: ah, you...
0: (laughs) yeah she's
1: delirious and tad's just crying and we get this really dizzy scene as the camera just starts twirling around looking at all this crazy shit
0: yeah we get this awesome 360 just going back and forth between donna like delirious and tad just screaming and crying and i i I really love that 360 shot and it keeps getting faster and faster and until, until it's just a blur of noise and
1: visual just be warned, you might want to take some Dremamine before viewing that scene. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because as the camera twirls in that scene, suddenly Vic wakes up from a nightmare and he tries calling home again. And after that, we're going to see that he's cutting his trip short because he's going to head home because he's got some concerns.
0: Yeah, I really like this scene with Vic where uh, his partner initially is like, you're just scared about the, uh, about the Sharp account. And then Vic, you know, has to tell him like, you know, Donna was having an affair and I haven't heard from her in two days. I have to go figure it out. And we get some funny dialogue between them. And I just like Vic's determination here. Like he definitely puts his family first. His partner is like, you can't walk out on the Sharp account. And Vic's like, you want to (laughs) bet? Right. So, yeah, I really love Vic's determination and love for his family in this scene.
1: Yeah, we're definitely seeing that his concern is from love. And it's helping him recognize the love he has, not only for his son, but his wife. So we're starting to see him defeating the adult monsters in this movie. Yeah. I like after that, we get this great scene where Donna's wrapping her wounds and Cujo just jumps up onto the hood of the car and he just sits down and stares at her. And Donna starts pleading to God for assistance. Yeah, Cujo almost looks friendly in this scene when he just lays down. Yeah, I really liked that scene, and we're going to cut to day three now, and Donna wakes up the next morning, and Tad is, like, suffering some kind of seizure or, like, a stroke or something from dehydration, I'm guessing?
0: Yeah, he's he's having some sort of attack, either from dehydration or heat stroke or, you know, a combination of the two, and again, hats off to Tad's acting here, because he's making these, like... He's making these sounds where, he, where he's attempting to breathe and his eyes are rolling into the back of his head and he just looks completely in pain and Donna is freaking out trying to help Tad out and Kujo comes up out of nowhere and is excited by all the noise going on and yeah there's some really good tension and fear in this scene.
1: Right as soon as Donna's instinctually opens the car door because she knows she needs to get help for Tad and Kujo just immediately like cuts her off and it's like damn it. <laughs> And we talked a bit about the makeup on Cujo, but I know it's very subtle, but you got to give it up to the makeup on Tad and Donna, especially for an actress to allow people to ugly her up. You know, they're all sweat stained and pale and their lips are getting all chapped. And
0: Yeah, I mean, they definitely look like they've been sitting in a car for two days, three days at this point. So really well done for sure.
1: Yeah, we see Ted does come out of this attack and Don is cradling him and attempting to console him. And then we see a scene back at the Trenton house where Steve shows up and he's still being this jaded lover douchebag. And we see him kind of fondle some knives in the kitchen once he realizes no one is home. And then we cut to Vic returning home, and the house is just
0: ransacked. Is it ransacked? Because I think Steve just cut up on a couple of pillows. <laughs> just <laughs> emptied the feathers out. Yeah. I didn't I see too much structural damage. <laughs> right. I guess
1: ransacked is more implied by feathers. <laughs> there is a cut-up picture of Donna. Like, what are these, teenagers now? <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think Steve uh, peaked in high school. You're probably right.
1: But (laughs) Vic calls the authorities, and he's under the impression that Steve has probably kidnapped Donna and Tad. But the cops are kind of questioning that because they're thinking if they've been kidnapped, where's Donna's car? And that's when he tells them it's probably at Joe Camber's getting fixed. And so this deputy goes out there and... He drives up and he sees the bloody and battered Pinto, but Don and Tad are asleep and they're not aware that this cop has just arrived and the cop gets out of the car and is quickly attacked by Cujo. I also liked like when the cop car was coming down the dirt road, Cujo had this moment where he was like, oh shit, 5-0 and like ran off. <laughs> He's trained. But yeah, Cujo gets the jump on the deputy and knocks his gun out of his hand. And just starts mauling him in the barn. And the deputy fights Cujo off with this piece of wood. And he attempts to get to some high ground, climbing up like hay bales in the barn.
0: Yeah. And yeah, he's attempting to get higher ground and get away from Cujo. But this soon turns out to be a detriment because Cujo lunges at him and just basically pushes him off.
1: Yeah and at this point Donna is aware and she's watching on as the officer gets mauled and I like Cujo takes this huge chunk out
0: of this guy's chest and he's just in shock. Yeah Cujo literally gets this like fatality final blow where he just bites off a piece of this dude's chest. (laughs) Yeah Donna tries to get out of the car again and Cujo's
1: like uh uh and runs over at her so she shuts the door. Tad's starting to have another stroke or something and we see her consoling Tad as Tad cries out for his father and you can see often the distance that Cujo is still just wrecking this deputy
0: (laughs) yeah Tad's calling out for his daddy I want my daddy I want my daddy and Donna's just like so stressed out she just screams like all right I'll get your daddy (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, I do feel for Donna because, man, this is a heavy load to carry here with Tad.
0: Yeah, they've been through a lot in these past three days, just cooped up in this car.
1: So we cut back to Vic, and he learns from the police that they have picked up Steve, and he admits to throwing some pillows, cutting pillows open, like you said. (laughs) (laughs) But he says he didn't see Donna or Tad, and the police... Inclined to believe him, they're staying saying his story checked out. So Vic asks what the cop that went to Camber said, and they're like, Oh, well, we haven't heard back from him, he's probably following up a lead. But Vic decides he's gonna pursue
0: this himself at this point. He's like, What nobody heard back from this cop, and nobody did anything. So Vic quickly runs into his car and gets on his way to Joe Camber's.
1: So we're almost to the end now, and Donna comes out of this nap and she sees that Tad is unresponsive and he's got to be near death at this point. So she's got to make a decision like she's going to have to fight here or else Tad is probably going to die.
0: Yeah, at this point, there's no more delaying the inevitable like she has to act now. And yeah, we're going to see Donna and Cujo come head to head here.
1: Yeah, she exits the car and she starts walking towards the Camber's house. And there's some stairs leading up to the house. And Kujo just comes out and confronts her from under the stairs. And he's just
0: such a bloody, unsightly mess at this point. He really does look like a monster at this point. Yeah, like we said, he's just caked in mud and dirt and grime. And he's got eye boogers and blood and foaming at the mouth. He just looks disgusting.
1: Ted's lucky I'm not his mom because he'd be dead. So Donna, though, she arms herself with that baseball bat that was lying in the dirt, and she starts fighting Cujo off, and he's coming at her, and she's hitting him, and she's knocking him off his feet, and one of the times she hits him, the baseball bat snaps, and all she's left with is the handle and a jagged edge, and Cujo jumps at her as she falls back
0: and impales himself on the jagged piece of wood. Donna picks up the gun of the officer off the ground and she aims it at Cujo, but she doesn't take the shot. She quickly realizes she needs to act immediately, so she goes back to the car, and she can't get in the driver door because it's all crushed, because that's the door that Cujo was banging his head against. And then she can't get to the passenger door because the handle's gone. So what is Donna to do? She starts wailing on the back windshield. And we get this great slow-mo shot of the windshield breaking open and Donna just screaming at her wits end here. (laughs) Yeah, that's a great shot. Having to liberate
1: Tad any way possible from this car. And then we go inside the camber house and Donna places Tad on the kitchen table. And she starts running the faucet and she's pouring water on his chest and pouring some down his throat. And then she
0: starts to give him some mouth to mouth. Yeah, and it seems like Tad is no longer with us here. But just when he thought he's gone, Tad finally awakens. And Tad is alive again. He's breathing once again. But as soon as Tad awakens, who's to break through the window? But none other than Cujo, who cannot be stopped by a simple piece of wood being impaled into his body. And we get this great tension where... Donna and Tad are freaking out, and Cujo's lunging towards them, and Donna takes the gun, aims it at Cujo, and Cujo is no more.
1: Right after that, we see Vic arrive, and it's just a horrific scene. The Pinto is a smashed bloody mess, and he's left to wonder what the hell's going on, but he's not left to wonder long. As an injured and drained Donna emerges from the house, carrying Tad, and Vic. She extends her arms to Vic, and Vic runs to assist and embrace them both, and we see that the love for his family has shattered all of his concerns and defeated the only real monsters in this story,
0: and that's the end of our movie. Yep. So, Sean, what are your thoughts on watching Cujo again after 30 years?
1: I really like it. I really like this movie. It's a bit of a slow burn, like my childhood brain had no memory of the first 45 minutes of this film, but once Cujo is rabid, and once Donna and Tad are on the farm, I really like it. I think it's tense. It it may not be scary, but it's tense, and sometimes tense is all you need. What about you, Danny?
0: Cool. Well, I'll be honest, Cujo isn't my favorite movie, and... There's a lot of stuff that I do like in Cujo, like I really like Vic and Tad as characters and I like their relationship and I'll be honest, I do like the, I think I like the first half of the movie more with the personal drama and stuff going on. I think that was a little more interesting to me for some reason and it quickly takes a backseat when we get Tad and Donna stuck in the car. And it's not that I dislike that this stuff happens in the car and you're kind of stuck with in this location, in this one set, I think that's fine. I think that can totally work. I just feel like it's paced a bit weird. Like I feel like it's just nonstop Cujo scenes, and we get a couple scenes with Vic and what he's doing. But I think it's just back to back to back with stuff happening with them, and I feel like it it, it gets a little tiring for me. I'll say, but I do think this is a is a decent movie. Like I said, I, there's a lot of stuff that I do like and appreciate in it. But yeah, that's that's my thoughts.
1: Cool man, yeah, I agree with you. I like the family drama, too, especially as an adult, you know, and like I said, as much as Cujo does overwhelm the second half of this movie, this movie is really about those adult monsters, I think, and it does it does get a bit lost for sure, but at the same time, I'm all about a killer
0: dog film, so I can't hate it too much, you know, <laughs> and I don't hate it at all, yeah, it's certainly unique and i i do like the premise and what it goes for but i think pacing wise and a couple issues here and there keep me from like really enjoying it but yeah it's a it's a good movie i think it's certainly a movie i could see like i mean you obviously really enjoyed it so i think there are plenty of people that will enjoy it and
1: yeah that's cool now we don't cover behind the scenes but i do want to bring up that in my research for getting ready for this episode I found out that in the book, Tad dies. And I just wanted your opinion on that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I did a bit of research too. Well, actually my girlfriend did. She was like reading the trivia to me on IMDb because she really loves dogs and was just fascinated by the movie. And I know Stephen King says that he regretted killing Tad. And that's why here in the movie it's changed. But in my opinion, I feel like Tad dying kind of signifies the toll that these parental monsters and adult monsters take on a child. Because Donna and Vic splitting up ultimately kind of leads to the downfall of what happens there at the Cambers' residence. And I feel like if they were together, there would have been a better chance of them, them all of them surviving it. So I feel like it's like the ultimate consequence to pay for the bad things in, that happen in adult life. I don't know that was my I mean I haven't read Cujo maybe if I read Cujo I would think differently but that's my kind of immediate response right on
1: I'm gonna admit like I didn't really remember much from this movie and there was a point where I thought Tad might
0: be dead and yeah there are a couple moments where you really think Tad might be gone and like I said in the ending it seems like he's dead there laying on that table and Donald's performing CPR
1: yeah, even when he's still in the car and he's unresponsive, like my heart sank a little. I was like, "Oh shit, Tad might be dead," and this is rough. And I will say one thing that kind of made me chuckle is Donna's response to a lot of Tad's madness is just shaking the hell out of him. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> don't shake the baby, right? Don't. What are you doing, Donna? But uh, I. <laughs> I do think that killing Tad would
0: just be a little too dark for the movie. I don't know. I'm we're all, we're all about darkness here. This is Frighternity. <laughs> I get that. I get
1: that. But for me, like I was there. I thought Tad was dead, and I don't
0: hate the fact that he
1: survived. I think it works, and I think it would work either way.
0: Yeah, I'm not. I think it works too. I'm not saying that the movie sucks because Tad is alive. It works as this like. Somewhat happy ending for sure, and I think that's fine, yeah, I think either ending can work. I'm just my preference, I guess,
1: cool, man, so yeah ready to get into our favorite kills and favorite scenes?
0: yeah, I'm ready, so Sean, how about you start us off? What is your favorite kill?
1: man? you know, there's not much to choose from
0: <laughs> there's about two choices,
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe I, three. <laughs> I went with Gary, Gary's my favorite kill because again, the movie is such a slow burn. And he's the first time we get to any killer dog action. And I just think you don't know what to expect, especially if this is a first-time watch. And I think it delivers. You just know, after this scene, what a ferocious menace is waiting for Donna and Tad. And the struggle Gary has with Cujo is just great. It establishes how huge he is. And... How much it would suck to get attacked by a rabid St. Bernard. I think the cop kill gets a little too hokey for me. So that's why I went with Gary. Plus we get the aftermath shot of the gore where he looks like his neck meat has been turned into SpaghettiOs.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, I agree. The Gary's death is my favorite too. For all probably all the reasons that you said. And I just love Gary's line of, I don't give a shit. (laughs) screaming that to cujo i don't know why i just love that line just him like like screaming back at him and yeah it's great when cujo busts through that screen door and is just all hopping up on on gary yeah the scene this kill is great and it definitely sets the tone for the rest of the film
1: yeah, I like when Gary's screaming I don't give a shit and it cuts back to Cujo and he's just eyeing him and growling like and Yeah, Cujo's
0: like, I don't give a shit either, buddy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So how about a favorite scene, Danny?
0: Uh favorite scene I gotta go with when Donna gets attacked because it she's just really struggling. And you know, we just talked about how For a moment, we thought Tad was really dead in the film a couple times. I thought Donna might be gone here, too. And I was just like, oh, shit, what if Donna dies? Like, then Tad is just left alone in this car. I think there's great tension and a lot of good uh, action back and forth, even though, like I said, at times it is a little close and kind of hard to see what's going on. But I think we do get a couple good shots of like Cujo taking a bite out of Donna's leg. And, like I said, it's great, like, after the fact of the attack, Tad just, like, smacks her leg instinctively, and I think that's just, like, I could see that happening in real life, like, it's just funny, but it's also horrific, and she just looks in pain, and, yeah, this has my favorite shot of the whole film, is that 360 going back and forth between a delirious Donna and a screaming, helpless Tad. Well, surprise, surprise, but that's my favorite scene also. (laughs) Wow! So we both had the same thoughts.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I just think it's very intense. Regardless of the close-ups, I I love the way the scene is shot, and I also love that scene where the camera just starts spinning around. And the real reason I chose this scene is because I like this movie. I already said I like this movie, but this scene made me go, "Man, I really kind of want to see this on a big screen." (laughs) like I think the whole movie would be a fun experience in a movie theater but that scene specifically lit that fire in me
0: to see it on a screen that big with a whole with a full crowd I could see seeing Cujo in theaters being a lot of fun yeah I agree I think it would be a hell of a good time cool well that's that that was Cujo we hope you enjoyed listening to us indeed and Danny
1: Should we mention that next week
0: we're going to flip the script? Yeah, we are going to flip the script next week. Next week is going to be the first time where I've seen a film and Sean hasn't. This is going to be a first time viewing for Sean. So we're going to keep the movie under wraps for now, but we're going to say get excited. And I'm really excited to hear your thoughts on this film and I'm excited to watch it again and talk about it.
1: Well, I'm really excited to see it. And I think our viewers will be very surprised by what movie it is.
0: Yeah, I'm always shocked when you tell me you haven't seen something because I think you've seen a lot, the majority of films, popular and unpopular in the horror genre. Well, you got me here,
1: (laughs) but you're going to have to wait till next week. So thanks again for listening. We hope you enjoy the episode and stay
0: tuned. Good night, everybody.